0: Debunking marriage myths. When I do mentoring, so, you know, a girl will book a call with me or we'll be doing six week mentoring. Anyway, it comes up often. I hear some type of myth or something that someone believes. And I'm like, really? Like, people still believe that? Because I know I believed a lot of these myths as well. And I cannot think of anyone better to debunk and unpack these myths that lies people still believe about marriage than Julie Baumgartner. She's been doing work on marriages. She started with the organization called First Things First out of Chattanooga, which is how I got to meet her. Love that organization and now is in charge of Winshape Marriage and we just love her. We love WinShape Marriage. I highly recommend, by the way, I did a whole entire podcast episode on that. How much WinShape Marriage has blessed my husband and I and multiple couples that we know. But anyways, she is amazing. I highly recommend all of the stuff that WinShape Marriage does and Julie Bumgarner puts into the world. And so, I am so excited to have her on the podcast today. Let's get into it. Hello, Julie. Welcome to the Truth For Your 20s podcast. Thank you.
1: I'm so excited to be here.
0: It is such my pleasure. I looked after you for such a long time. You do so many great things when it comes to family, marriages, just things that are needed, topics that are needed, and investing in them for so many years. So can you just give a little bit about your background?
1: I'm a counselor by training. And I actually worked with adolescents starting out and and then moved into working with marriages and families. And one of the things that I noticed in the midst of doing counseling is that a lot of people waited a very long time to come and ask for help. And if they had actually come kind of when things went south initially, it would have been so much easier to help them get out of the ditch and back on track. So I just kind of had in my mind, boy, if we could ever get to prevention, that would be something that would make my heart sing. Yeah. Through just a series of events, I became aware of an organization that was preparing to launch in the Chattanooga area that was all about helping people to have healthy marriages, healthy relationships. And I said, if I could be a part of that, I would 100% be all in. And I actually got the opportunity to do that and did that work for 23 years with First Things First, 19 of those years as the president and CEO, and then was asked to come to Winshape, to the Winshape Foundation, which is a foundation that was started by Truett Cathy, who started Chick-fil-A. The foundation is completely separate from Chick-fil-A and we have ministries, we have Winshape Camps. Winshape Teams, which is leadership development, Winshape College Program, which is totally amazing, focusing on discipleship and leadership out in the world. Uh, and then Winshape Marriage and Winshape Homes, which is for Mr. Kathy really felt very strongly that every child deserved to grow up in a home that was safe and stable. And so for children who were not in that kind of environment, he created group homes for children to come and be in a safe place. So there's a lot to the foundation. And I was asked to come and be the senior director of Windshape Marriage. And we provide retreats for every season of marriage, which is super fun.
0: Yes, it is super fun. And if you are listening to this podcast, you know, we recently did an episode about what I learned from a marriage retreat and mm-hmm. that was there at Winshape. Brian yeah. and I have had the opportunity to go to several and I'm like a walking advertisement, Julie. Okay. <laughs> we appreciate that. <laughs> it, I just, it, like, as you said, so many people wait till they're in dire need for a uh, you know, they're headed to divorce court. So let's work on our marriage. And whoa, whoa, whoa. Why don't we work on prevention and, you know, helping this because we all, we all need help in in marriage and relationships. And a lot of us weren't modeled how to do this thing. Well, anyways, we're, we're raving fans and our kids have gone to one shape camp. So all things one shape I'm over here. Yay.
1: (laughs) And I listened to your podcast and I loved it because so often One person, when you're thinking about marriage, one person is like, Hey, we should do premarital preparation. And the other person's saying, So we have problems already. It's like, No, no, no. I just want to prevent the problems. So I loved what you did um, in terms of just kind of encouraging people that the idea is to get information and learn tools and skills on the front end that will serve you well as you navigate through marriage, which has its ups and its downs because you got people involved and. That's what happens.
0: So. Amen and amen. And what I want to just talk about, the meat of our podcast is debunking marriage myths. And you heard that podcast, but a little bit of our story that I've shared several times um, here is between Brian's two parents and my two parents, those four humans have a total of nine divorces. I so miss. we kind of went we kind of went into this thing saying, Well, <laughs> we want to do things better than what we've been modeled. But where? But how? Right. So we just kind of dove in. And thankfully, Brian is actually the one who found out about Winshape and, you know, reading the books, learning from people smarter and wiser, people who have been married a number of years and what they've learned along the way. And so this conversation really is just about that as well. You know, most of our listeners, maybe single, maybe newly married. How do we do this thing? Well, we don't see it on TV. We might not have seen it at home. So anyways, so debunking some marriage myths, I would love for you to to dive in. Uh, the first thing I want to start with is this beautiful idea of all you need is love. Oh, isn't that adorable? <laughs> and all the movies, well, they're the one for me. And once I find my one, you know, I'm going to dance through the sunset on sunshine and rainbows. That's cute. And the movie ends at that point and they get married and they don't talk about the bills and the toddler tantrums and realizing that your mother-in-law is the pain in the butt or whatever it is. <laughs> Ooh. I would love for you to, to debunk that one for me.
1: You love is helpful, but man, there's plenty of times where in marriage you don't feel super romantically in love. And so the question is what is going to help you stay the course? I was talking to Scott Stanley not very long ago, he is a guru in the marriage field in terms of research. And he was talking about so many people think that you've got to be so similar mm-hmm. on things in order to make it work. And what the research actually so- shows is that it's your dedication to the relationship. So you can be very different. My husband and I are very different. And, and yet we have a relationship that works and works really well. And I think a piece of that is being full on committed. We're both children of divorce. And, and so we just said in the beginning, divorce is not an option. We're going to have to figure out the way forward. And when you make that decision, it's like, close the window, close the door. We're going to figure it out. That's helpful. So dedication to I'm committed. To making this work, and I'm going to learn how to love through the mess, yeah. so that when I, I can be really, really angry or upset about something, and I can still figure out how to love you even in the midst of that, and and boy, that's that is a a lesson to be learned because it isn't about your spouse completing you. I mean, if you're, if you are looking for your spouse to complete you, you are going to be sorely disappointed because you're dealing with a human being. right? And so the only one who can complete you is God. And, and so, um, I do love the fact that we look at each other and think about who is it that God's calling you to be and how, as your spouse, do I help you to be that? Yeah. And, you know, how do we do it together?
0: Yeah. So. Actually, I think it was one of the first marriage retreats we went to there at Winshape. Gary Thomas was the speaker. Love him. Mm -hmm. And he talked about that and how in marriage, often we think that each other will complete
1: each other. And that's adorable. (laughs) But just so. (laughs) Well, I mean, the culture talks about that. Right. And that's what it leads you to believe. But um, it also leads to a lot of disappointment and frustration. Yeah. It's
0: unfair and untrue to put yeah. that kind of expectation on another human. Yeah, so I love that you you talk about that. Um, okay, another thing I would love for you to unpack. Let me look at my notes. Is okay. This is this is somewhat controversial, and I don't think it should be. But the the that the idea of the best thing you can give your kids is a good marriage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had someone I follow on social media is a couple. They've been married, I think, like thirty years, and, and they talk about that how how they choose each other over the kids. And, oh, the internet had lots of things to say. Oh, blah, blah, blah. Talk to me about it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, the culture does tell you that when kids come along, that they should be front and center. The research doesn't play that out. And here's what I think is interesting about that. The idea of putting your kids front and center is that you would help them to live their best life, right? That, you, that they would be happy and they would be productive yeah. and that they would be uh, resilient and they would thrive. The research actually shows that if you will pay attention to your marriage versus putting it on the back burner, because your marriage is like a security blanket for your children. Mm-hmm. And regardless of whether you say one word about how your marriage is actually going, whether it's thriving and and you are feeling fulfilled, uh, your children know. Uh, they just pick up. They actually, uh, John Medina, who is a molecular biologist, he wrote the book Brain Rules. He shared uh, one time in a talk that I was in that uh, they hooked infants up to electrodes uh, and they would ask the parents, "How how's your marriage relationship? And they would often say, well, it's rocky, but the kids have no idea. And then they would show them the results of their children being hooked up to the electrodes. And there was tons of cortisol coursing through the child. So children pick up, whether it's being held and they pick up on your tension and stress and anxiety, or they hear it in your voice, or they see it in your face, or they watch it in the interactions that are going on between the two of you. And and so when your marriage isn't, going well, your children pick up on that and it creates anxiety and fear and stress for them because you are the people that are helping them survive. Right. And so it definitely plays out in the research that the ones who are most at risk for the, for distress are child-centered marriages mm-hmm. because they're not they're not paying attention to their own marriage. They're paying attention to the children and saying, well, we'll we'll get around to our marriage when we get the kids raised. And then they look at each other and say, I married you because, uh, because they just, they feel like, you know, we've been like ships passing in the night and this is a hotel and we've been doing things together, but we're not really together. So the goal would be to put your marriage first and focus on making sure your marriage is healthy because the other aspect of this is, your household is like relationship university 101. Hmm. how you engage with your spouse when you're angry, hurt, fearful, uh, when you when trust has been broken, when you face a challenge, when the in-laws are all up in your business, all of those exchanges, the kids are learning how to do life by watching you. and you can say all day long, don't do as I do, do as I say. <laughs> But we all know how that goes, right?
0: (laughs) I I was thinking the other day, my kids were uh, playing in the neighborhood and one of the neighbor's grandma was there literally smoking a cigarette. You guys don't ever smoke. (laughs) 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 That an example like, uh, okay. But anyway, you just had so many good things there. Um, Hold on, I have to pause because I remember my brain was... (laughs) (laughs) Um, One of the best things you can give your kids a good marriage. So is it true? I can't remember... Oftentimes that people divorce, I think it's like after the first year and then again, after newly empty nesters or seven years or something like
1: that, there's popular times. So uh, after into year two or three, and part of that has to do with romance comes super easy in the first couple of years, typically. Um, but that's because there's actually a chemical in your brain that kind of helps you to <laughs> overlook the flaws, if you will, those things that might normally get on your nerves. But then that, that chemical it's called PEA and it starts going away in the second year, which causes people to question, did I marry the wrong person? What is wrong with us? Romance came so easy. We had such an easy time the first two years and now we're in our third year and it's complicated. So that's a time. And then when children come along because you start focusing on the child and what the children need versus what do we need as a couple to help us thrive. Uh, So that's another time. And then uh, if they don't catch it there, then on end, I mean, things just get more hectic. You've got career, you've got commitments, you've got your children. And as children get older, they do more things. And so it's just easier to get completely disconnected. And when you feel disconnected, you start looking for connection in other places. And so they call it the gray divorce, but empty Mm -hmm. nesting. Yeah. Interesting. And another thing I remember as a marriage myth is,
0: oh, well, if we're not really driving, perhaps maybe in that early, we don't have that romance. I know a baby will fix it. <laughs> no. This is another thing we see.
1: Yeah. We'll it,
0: <laughs> Right. There's another thing we see on movies, like, you know, this magical moment in the, the hospital where you hold the baby. And yes, that's adorable. But the reality, as you know, newborns and not, sleepless nights and chaos. So, Talk to me about how that is a big fat myth.
1: (laughs) Well, uh, really, a baby will amplify all of the troubles that you're already having because you have sleepless nights, it's stressful. You're trying to figure out how to give this baby what it needs, and they are very dependent on you. And if you're already not communicating well, if you're already struggling to manage conflict, imagine that like tenfold yeah. because the baby needs to be fed. And yes, it needs to sleep, but sometimes babies are colicky and they don't sleep. And uh, I don't know about you, but man, when I don't get rest, I'm just not good, my brain doesn't function yeah. well. I don't function well in relationships so i I would tell you that is a very dangerous direction to go if you are not doing well in your marriage it's it will it will only make things a just a lot harder
0: amen <laughs> I'm curious just anecdotally, I know you've had so many years experience with working with couples and and all that you do. Like, Well, one story I'd love for you to tell that I remember stood out to me in our marriage retreat is a couple that you saw running a marathon training and all the time that he was spending with someone who wasn't his wife. Like just unpack that for me because I think that was a great story that really stood out to me.
1: Well, we were talking about boundaries in marriage yeah. and paying attention to what is actually happening in your world. And so a friend of mine was running with someone and I happened to see him a couple of days later and just said, who is the chick that you're running with? And he said, it's a coworker. She's training for a marathon. And, um, I, she just asked if she could run with me. And I said, well, what did your wife think about that? And he said, she's fine with it. Well then we proceeded to kind of unpack what does it look like how much time do you spend running 90 minutes to 2 hours and what do you do when you run talk about nothing mm-hmm. and so my question was do you spend that same amount of time just like that you know not necessarily talking about anything but talking about something with your bride mm-hmm. and he said no and My response to that was, I'm a friend to your marriage and you may not realize it or not, but you're in the danger zone because your life is hectic. You have a career, you have young children, um, and you have a wife. And if you don't get to spend that same amount of time, there's a connection that's happening between the two of you as you run, even though it feels very casual. It is a real connection. and you can be very much in the danger zone like that. And it could be harmful to your marriage when you never had any intention at all right. to do anything that could be harmful to your marriage. And the point of all of that is when your life gets very full and busy and you don't spend time to just nurture and help your marriage relationship to grow doing something like that can ultimately get you sideways i've lost count with the number of couples that i've spoken to that started talking with me about having an affair and the first things out of their mouth were things like i don't even know how this happened i mean like we just we were just friends it was very innocent he's such a great listener or she's she's just a great listener she she thinks i have a brain uh just very innocent kind of conversation but ultimately it went somewhere just because the same amount of attention wasn't happening over here yeah
0: well i kind of want to take an aside there too because i think that's really important and again kind of countercultural we had this idea of as you said the wife was fine with him running and innocent enough but this intentionality of if you don't want to end up in an affair, then you don't, <laughs> you don't take steps toward that. You know, you don't dangle your toes off the side and hope that you don't yeah. fall over. And yeah. that starts making decisions way over on the other side. I don't want to go to dinner, just me and him or whatever it may be. And, and again, that's counterculture. I think uh, it's called the Billy Graham rule. Is that correct? Kind of like this. Have you heard that?
1: Yeah. 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 Just.
0: Um, yeah. And Brian did that when we first got married, he was in youth ministry and I, it was completely foreign to me. And he would do things like, Hey, I have to go to lunch with this female leader. Can you come with me? And I'm like, why? Like, that's dumb. <laughs> Retrospect, of course, now I'm very thankful. Like he would never even, you know, again, if the, if the line is here, let me, let me go way over here. But yeah, so maybe you could just talk about that for a second, because I'm sure listeners are like, wait, what are you even talking about? Yeah. And
1: I would just say, uh, if ever, if everything's on out in the open, for example, there are times that I have lunch with somebody of the opposite sex and I, tell Jay, hey, I'm going to have lunch with so-and-so because one, out of respect for him, I don't want somebody calling him and saying, hey, I saw Julie and she was having lunch with so-and-so. And Um, and some people would say, well, y'all clearly have trust issues in your marriage. And my response to that would be, actually, we don't, and I don't want them in our marriage relationship. And so I don't have secrets. I don't keep secrets. I don't want secrets. And so we just have this general agreement that we're going to make sure the other knows if we're, we're doing something with someone of the opposite sex. And um, I remember I, I was just reading through Henry Cloud's new book, Trust, which I highly recommend. And he tells a story about uh, a husband who is going on a business trip. And one of the people that's going to be on the trip is an ex-girlfriend. And he tells his wife that she's going to be on the trip. And she looks at him and she says, I trust you. And then he goes on the trip and he ends up having dinner with her. And he said, I ended up thinking about, I could so cheat on my wife right now. And she would never know it. But then he also started thinking about the fact that his wife trusted him. And that she wasn't worried about him cheating on her. And he said, it actually made me love her even more. Like that felt very sexy in and of itself. And so I think what we're really talking about here is couples need to take the time to sit down and have conversations around what do respectful boundaries look like in our marriage? Um, are we comfortable with having opposite sex friends? And if we are, what does that look like? So yeah. that you don't have to wonder and you don't have to worry yeah. that I'm not going to give you reason to not trust me. It also means I can remember conversations early in our marriage. Jay is very funny and he's very warm and he's a great listener. And I can remember saying to him one time, "Hey, uh, you really actually need to have your guard up around so and so." Because I think that uh, I think she's not safe, and he looked at me and he said, "That is crazy! Oh man, that would that would never be a thing." <laughs> it was a thing, and and he came back. He goes, "How did you know?" And I said, "I I just you can just tell." Yeah. And so that's the other piece of this is that you have got to you need to be in a space where I'm I'm looking out for you. I'm I'm not. I'm not jealous green eyed jealousy for you. I'm protective of us. Yeah. And what does that look like? Because I would want him to do the same for me. And I the temptation would be, "Uh, oh, I I would never do that." Um but again, sometimes it's just something you are blind to that your spouse sees. So it's the conversations and recognizing I'm looking out for us. I'm looking out for our best interests. So what are the boundaries that both of us want to have in play that move us towards that?
0: Yeah. Communication ultimately. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's so
0: good. And I think just, again, just something to talk about because sometimes people can get themselves in a sticky
1: situation and not realize they never had that conversation. Well, and then they don't talk about it. So now we're keeping a secret and you're, and a lot of times you feel guilty about that. And you know, that's a warning sign. That's the Mm -hmm. caution flag flying. If you're feeling like, Ooh, I I couldn't tell them about that conversation because that wouldn't go well. Yeah. I would back away from whatever you're doing. Yeah, for
0: sure. Again, if the, if the line is cheating, why, why do we want to get so close to the line? So I think that's really good.
1: Well, and it's also when you start when you start having conversations outside of your marriage about conversations you should be having in your marriage, you're doing your marriage work with someone who actually, you don't actually know whether they're for your marriage or not.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: you want to do your marriage work with your person. And and if you need someone to help you do that, find someone who is ahead of you on the journey, who's in a healthy marriage and who can speak wisdom Cause sometimes people are very sincere about what they tell you and they're sincerely wrong. Yeah. So.
0: Yes. I want to talk about that at the end, some, some resources as well. Cause I have a pretty good feeling. You got some good resources. <laughs> um, another cu- question though, a myth that I often hear is happy couples do everything together. I'm like putting my hands like, Oh, isn't that adorable?
1: <laughs> yeah. Tell us the reality. <laughs> Well, if you were married during COVID, um, <laughs> you know what happened when you were forced to do everything together, right? Uh, Give me my room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, Happy couples. I mean, there's plenty of couples who do a lot of things together and they're great. The reality is most couples um, need some alone time. So they need time to be able to do things as an individual, whether it's working out, I've I ride horses. That's what I love to do. Jay does not love to do that. So I go do that on my own or I go work out or, or go for a walk. But there's times that I just, I need alone time to mm-hmm. replenish, to pray, to think, um, all those things. And when I come back together with Jay, there's anticipation Um, There's also novelty because you're going away and you're coming back, you're creating new, and our Mm -hmm. brains thrive on that. And so if you always are doing everything together, you can find yourselves in a mundane, boring, routine place. Mm -hmm. And that actually lands you pretty quickly in the danger zone or it can. And, and so it, it isn't that happy couples do everything together. It's that happy couples have a really nice balance of doing, they have alone time and they have together time. I would tell you that the caution sign is if you're doing more apart than you are together, pay attention and ask some questions what is happening here? Because that's when disconnection comes in. And when you look at what is the main thing that couples say when they're filing for divorce, why do you want divorce? We're just not connected anymore. We just, you know, there's this disconnection. We've been disconnected for a while. Well, how did that happen? And they start thinking back to, oh, we put the kids first and our marriage on the back burner. So back to what we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Yeah. And then probably just lost the idea of doing stuff together and having fun yeah. as you did
0: in the beginning. Yeah.
1: Life just got busy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. As it does, but just putting that together. Um, Okay. Another myth that we hear all the time, marriage is 50,
1: 50. <laughs> <laughs> this is so cute. So cute. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, everybody's got to be all in. Yeah. First I would say The best gift you can give your spouse is for you to show up in the best version of you. And that means taking care of you and doing the things that you need to do to be healthy and whole. And then coming to the marriage, expecting to be all in. And that's 100% all in for figuring out how do we make this the safest space on earth? Safe for us to talk about the hard things. Uh, the things you wouldn't ever share with anybody else, but you have the opportunity to share with your spouse and they're not going to look at you and, and laugh or trounce on your heart. They're going to say, tell me more about that. Help me understand where you're coming from. What does that mean for you? Um, Everybody says they want that in marriage. And if that's what, you know, if that's what you want to be able to bear your soul and to know that the person that receives that information is going to take it and they're going to hold it in a way that makes you know you've been seen, you've been heard and you're valued. Like you are seen as precious to have someone do that. You, you gotta be a hundred percent all in and you've got to continue to be curious over time. We're 34 years in and I would say that we still have a lot of conversations um, where we're curious and learning and growing. We're we're in this space now where we're empty nesters. And so we're talking about, okay, well, wh- what's next? Like what, what are we passionate about that we want to do together? We were laughing the other day because uh, we had been teaching a marriage retreat on Vision for Your Marriage, and we were just talking about Early on in our marriage, nobody sat down and said, hey, you should think about, you should kind of think about what do you want to focus on in your marriage? But we came up with three things that we thought were really important. We wanted to do ministry together. We wanted to make sure that we stayed connected to each other and also connected to family and friends, like that we had this close inner circle of people and that we had adventure in our marriage. So things were fun um, and that we celebrated and we were playful. So here we are three decades later and we're talking about this and we started laughing because we were like, okay, we stumbled on that early in our marriage. And yet those three things definitely still apply, but they look, they probably look a little diff- different today um, than they did right when we were starting out. So thinking through, well, how, what does a hundred percent look like? What does all in look like for us as a couple? And, and how do we make sure that it's not everybody else saying, you should, you need to, you, you ought to have these things, live in this neighborhood, drive this kind of car, have this many children, go to these schools, all that. And if you if you don't know as a couple what matters to you, everybody will feel the freedom to speak into that. And it's yeah. this, you know, it's just like being tossed to and fro. So true.
0: And I love it that you mentioned three decades in. Congratulations. But as I'm sure you can probably attest. You don't know everything there is to know about each other. And if you did, you're continually growing and continually. So getting to know each other as newlyweds versus parents versus empty nesters and new jobs and the transitions. And you guys have moved from Chattanooga to Rome, which is a whole huge thing and continuing to get to know each other. I, I don't remember where I heard that along the way. It's obvious, but profound just to continue to be curious about each other.
1: Yes. Yes. That is huge. Yes.
0: I love that you do that. Well, another thing you mentioned is a lot of people can be for your marriage and have good intentions, but have terrible advice. <laughs> Talk to us first about the importance of investing in your marriage when you're engaged or looking toward marriage.
1: hmm I would tell everybody, take the time to do a quality marriage prep experience. And if you're asking, well, how would I know quality? Um, I would tell you, look for an experience that will help you know how to communicate well and to kind of understand how you communicate. Because everybody thinks they communicate well. <laughs> and you might be communicating, you may not be communicating well. You, um, you might be leaving it to your spouse or the one you're um, thinking about marrying to read between the lines. So unspoken expectations, think about that. So how to communicate well, um, the fact that you will have conflict. I mean, there's about 10 things that couples are going to disagree on throughout the duration of their marriage. So you will have conflict. It doesn't mean that you're not good as a couple if you have conflict. It's what you do with the conflict, understanding how to manage it and and help it actually build up your marriage versus tear down your relationship. Uh, finances, what you both think about money and how you're going to engage with each other around money, boundaries in your marriage, how you're going to establish boundaries, what you think about career, children, intimacy, all of those things, a marriage prep experience should address to help you get off to a great start. And then I would say, continue to think about, are there couples in your life? And this could be a couple that you've met through work. It could be a couple in your neighborhood. It could be a couple at your church that you just have watched. And like, you think, well, they seem to really like each other. They've been married for, they're ahead of us on the journey. Uh, Their kids seem to be doing well. It doesn't look like their marriage is perfect, but they seem to genuinely enjoy being with each other and not being shy about saying, Hey, would, would you consider doing life with us? Um, could we go out to dinner occasionally? Could could yeah. we do something fun together? Because I think it's in those informal moments that you get to ask questions, you get to uh, watch people engage with each other, and you learn yeah. from that. And it's also the times that you can say, "Man, you know, we're having a hard time with." We're having a hard time with my parents. They seem to feel like they have the right to speak into every aspect of our marriage or my in-laws, they had a key to the house before we got married and they feel very free to come over and like do stuff without even telling us they're going to come and be in our home when we're not here. What do you do with that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so, um, having, having someone that, you know, they are for your marriage and they don't have a perfect marriage. They have a healthy marriage.
0: And just asking
1: them. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And just asking, it doesn't have to be complicated. Not like, Hey, Mm -hmm. can we, you know, sit down and do this formal mentorship? Let's just barbecue Mm -hmm. together. Let's, you you know, I'm at the stage where we have teenagers and, and they enjoy helping, Watch toddlers and stuff like that. So we have younger couples in our neighborhood and like, this is a win-win. Let, let my, let your littles come over for two hours, give you some breathing yes. room. And, and what a blessing for, for both of us. Cause my kids get babysitting experience and, and they get two hours of breathing room. So,
1: yeah, which, uh, people so desperately
0: need to Sure. And those are just little ways you can minister no matter like what stage you're in.
1: But um I also think it helps you appreciate. I mean Jay and I as I said earlier are so different. And people have said, "How do y'all deal with that?" And and my response is I am so thankful that I am not just like him and he is not just like me. That's what people a lot of times try and do is like this extreme makeover to get their spouse to be more like them except for there are so many things that he does better than I do and being able to leverage our strengths and make them work for the relationship. I often talk about how concrete and rebar. So rebar is the, um, what is it? Steel that you put in concrete to reinforce it. So both of them have tensile strength and like if both of them were 10 and 10 and you put them together, you don't just get 20. You get like Fifty or seventy, because of combining them, and so I like to think about it like that: that you're taking your differences and and you're leveraging them, and they're making them work for you, and so it makes you just a lot better than if you were just doing it by yourself or trying to get that person to be just like you, think just like you, act just like you.
0: That's so true. I run into that a lot of times. I'm more of a dive in head first, read directions later kind of person. <laughs> Ryan's like, let me read 15 manuals and then, I'll, and then I'll sip a dough. But we, you know, that yin and yang is so important That's because, cool. right. I help him take the step. Right. And he helps me. Well, maybe you should read a manual first, you
1: know? <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, I think it, it's a nice balance. If you can learn to appreciate it versus try and fix it. Yes. Yeah. And it's so true because it,
0: trying to make him like me. I, I think it was actually at a windshape conference. I learned if both of you were the same, then one of you are unnecessary. <laughs> That's exactly right. I say that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> love it. If you are not already using and loving liquid IV, let me just rock your world for a little bit. I know me personally, I would get overheated very easily and people say, well, you just need to drink water or whatever. Like I get it, but I, I couldn't drink enough. I would get constantly get headaches and find myself depleted until I discovered liquid IV. I literally use it as my coffee every morning. There is a pineapple flavor that has energy with it as well. There's something that doesn't have caffeine. You can get multiple flavors, but I love the energy kind. I drink it every morning, add a little collagen powder to it. It is, it's like my life changer. I love this stuff so much and I'm so excited to share with you. They're offering my listeners a discount code of 20% off, which is so kind and so generous. I'm so excited about it. All you have to do is go to liquidiv.com and use promo code truth at checkout. That's 20% off anything. So you can get the pineapple, the energy drink, the regular kind of watermelon is also a personal favorite at our house. My kids love that one. So that's 20% off anything you order when you shop better hydration today by using promo code truth at liquidiv.com. Well, I would love for you just to shamelessly give us some plugs from Winshape. I think that the video that you guys share at the beginning, it gives me chills every single time how um, Truett and his wife there at the, the campus of Mount Barry dreaming of what this could be and his wife saying, I think we're on holy ground. And I believe that that truly is. And and you guys have far, reached even further than there on Barry campus, but just some of the things you're doing to help marriages, to help families. And so
1: maybe people could get involved. Yeah, so we do have retreats for every season, whether you're a newlywed or you are a parent of young children or teenagers, or you're preparing for the empty nest, we have retreats that focus in those areas. And then we also just have general opportunities like courageous communication, where you have the opportunity to spend some time just looking at how you communicate with each other and the opportunity to enhance that wholehearted marriage is focused on helping you create just the safest place. Like how do we how do we take what we have and make it even better and feel safer to one another? We all come to marriage with stuff. Like mm-hmm. there is nobody who comes to a marriage relationship without bringing stuff from your childhood with you. It's how life works. And if you're aware of that and you can help your spouse to have an understanding of where you're coming from, uh, it makes your marriage so much richer mm-hmm. um, because you have a deeper understanding, a deeper appreciation. And a lot of times uh, we've experienced hard, hard things and we've been resilient. Um, and sometimes those hard things, they creep in and they show themselves in you know weird ways. Well, if, yeah. If you know me well, you're going to be able to look at me and say, hey, what's going on? What What's happening in your head? Because it's, it's feeling like you're feeling unsure, uncertain of like who you are. And so the opportunity to think that through in wholehearted marriage. We have vision for your marriage, which really speaks to looking at um, just visioning for your marriage and what is your goal. And then we have these romantic adventures where you're, you're out and you're doing adventure type stuff. And it really is all about play. As adults, we have lost the art of play. And yet play is very integral to being creative, to solving problems, to being able to move forward, even creating energy in your marriage. Play plays a very significant role. And yet as adults, it's like, we don't have time for that. So, we spend some time encouraging couples to play together and we're creating new things all the time, Um, working on some digital content. If you don't follow us on Instagram, that's where you can find loads of great resources. I wouldn't tell you they're time consuming, but I would tell you they're thought provoking uh, about conversations that you could have with your spouse and things that you can do to enhance your marriage, which is really the goal. I think everybody is doing the best that they can do. And so all we're trying to do is maybe give you a few things to make some tweaks here and there just to enhance what is already happening. And sometimes people need a real course correction. Like they realize we are not in a good place. We are in the ditch and we need to get out of the ditch. And so we do have focus on the family and center for relational care that comes to WinShape and offers intensives. And they're a week long experience with four other couples where you have the opportunity um, to dive deep, get some skills, learn some information. And where normally people would come in saying, okay, we're doing this, but we don't hold out a lot of hope that we're going to be in a different place. And then they leave feeling like, okay, we actually had conversations we haven't been able to have in a long time. And we found out we're not alone that there's others that are struggling in similar ways. And so we felt encouraged and we feel like we have skills and tools to actually navigate to a different place.
0: I love that you guys are doing that. And I don't think it's understated that you're changing the world by investing in healthy marriages because that invests in mommies and daddies and that invests in societies. And I'm such a fan. I'm such a fan.
1: (laughs) We're grateful. Yeah, I, w- I would say that marriage is the hub of the wheel. And yeah. I mean, if you look in scripture, it certainly speaks to that. But um, if mom and dad are healthy and whole as individuals and they're coming together and being intentional and about being healthy and whole as a couple, um, the chances of the family thriving are significantly greater.
0: Yeah. I, I believe you so well. One of the things I like to end our million dollar question is if you could have coffee with your 20 year old self, what would you say? But I would love to pretend to have coffee with newlywed Julie since we're talking about marriage here, or maybe even engaged Julie. Like if you could go back and just that sweet little bright eyed, <laughs> maybe just a little tip of advice you could give her.
1: Yeah. Uh, I know I put you on the spot. Yeah, so many things I'm thinking. I, know. <laughs> I just remember, I remember early in our marriage, I came in and Jay was folding towels and he was folding them in half and in half and in half. And I looked at him and I said, That is not how you fold towels. You fold towels like this. And I walked out of the room. And I thought to myself, I'm an idiot with folding towels. Do I really care how the towels are folded? And uh, the laugh is on me at this point because we have a closet where we really need to fold our towels in half and in half and in half in order to get them on the shelf. Um, But I think that that would be the thing that I would tell myself is um, it doesn't matter how he loads the dishwasher and it doesn't matter... How the toilet paper is on the roll, or where you squeeze the toothpaste tube—really, like it—in the end, that's not the stuff that matters. I was thinking about this yesterday. I was out walking, and I was just kind of—I got—I got, I got kind of choked up because I thought um, I've been dealing with some really hard stuff, putting my mom in assisted living because she has dementia, and. Jay has walked that road with me and has been so encouraging. And I mean, like, man, he's done all the housework and all the grocery shopping, cooking. I mean, he's done it all. And he hasn't looked at me and said, look at all the things I've done because you couldn't do them because you were gone. He's done them because he's 100% in and we're a team. And those are the like that, that's what matters. And so I think that's what I'd say to myself is focus on the things that matter in building up your relationship so that when the hard times come, because I promise you they will, we've been through unexpected brain surgery, death of parents, loss of jobs, unexpected changes in jobs, um, raising children and You never know what's around the corner with that. And, and so, um, I would just say that's why I would go back to the very first thing we talked about, about why it's important to focus on investing in your marriage relationship. Because when the hard times come and when the great times come, you know how to dance together well. And it's not saying that you won't ever step on each other's toes because you will. Um, but overarchingly, You will know how to navigate the road ahead because you've invested in getting to know each other, being curious about each other. And, and how do we, how do we work together to build a strong foundation um, with the Lord, being close to the Lord and close to each other? That's what's going to carry you in the end, not did you load the dishwasher like I load the dishwasher or did you do the laundry just like I wanted you to do the laundry? Jay does all the laundry in our house. And when he started doing that, I about had a coronary, but I mean, the last person to mess something up in the laundry was moi. (laughs) And he's quick to tell you that.
0: (laughs) That's so awesome. I love it. I love you. I love that you just help us look at the big picture because especially when you're in your twenties, you have this, it's hard to see the long term that one day I might be caring for my mother with dementia, you know, and, and what's going to matter, not the oh, way the towels are folded. And I, oh, I love that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: So thank you, Julie. We'll make sure we link all of this goodness in the show notes so girls can just click away and get this. I'm, I highly encourage you to invest in your relationships, your future marriage and your marriage if you're married. So thank you so much for being here and sharing all of this goodness. It's been my
1: pleasure. I'm honored to be here. Thank you, my friend.